welcome to our podcast, Talks Talk for, for Her. Hi, I'm Zeynep. And I'm Farah. We are going to be your hosts for the upcoming episodes. This podcast is for all the feminists who aspire to rise above the storm and find the sunshine. Enjoy the journey with us. Hi, everyone. Hi. Welcome to our new episode of Talks for Her. Today, we will be focusing on women rights in Yemen with a very special guest, Hadil. Hadil, we are so happy to have you here today with us. Would you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Hello, Farah and Zainab. It's such a pleasure to be with you here today. Um, so as mentioned, I am from Yemen. I, I was born and raised in Yemen. Um, and I left Yemen about six years ago. Uh, where I moved to the UK to do my master's degree. Um, I was doing uh, management and business administrations. And then I moved to the US where I started working. And currently I'm uh, working at the World Bank as a consultant and capacity building, as well as um, working on gender equality. We started an initiative uh, that is called um, um, uh, MENA Age. Uh, In the MENA region, we're focusing on advocating for gender equality. So that's what MENA Age um, stands for. And um, we have been working on different areas on uh, advocating for gender equality since last year. And I'm happy to discuss further uh, details about that uh, uh, in a few. Yeah, we're so happy to have you here with us. And you're going to tell us all about women rights in Yemen and women rights in the Middle East in general. I've been following you on Instagram and the Hagi movement. I want to know more about it and how did you come up with the idea of the Hagi movement? Yeah, sure. So um, about um, a couple of weeks ago, let's say a month or two ago, um, uh, we saw that uh, in Yemen, Houthis who are controlling part of uh, of the country started putting more and more restrictions on women. And um, we knew that we really had to do more in terms of pressure. And so I spoke with other Yemeni activists about the um, idea about having a hashtag where we can really spread the word about what's happening so that we can put more pressure as well as help more people know about what's happening in Yemen because not many people knew. Mm -hmm. So one of the restrictions was um, not allowing women to work on um, uh, mixed places. And they started with restaurants. So they started firing women from some from certain restaurants. Um, uh, and uh, these women, a lot of them, they were supporting their families. And as you know, because of the war, it, the situation is very, very difficult. And you see, losing a job usually is very, very hard. But given... Yeah. The situation you you will not we will not be even able to imagine how difficult this can be for for those women. Um, another thing that they did was um, not allowing women to use uh, contraceptive um, um, methods uh, without the um, permission of their husbands, um, which also we found really um, uh, very very very. Um, hard to understand especially with what's again what's happening in Yemen as as you know a lot of families are struggling literally struggling with uh, feeding their kids and now with with having these additional restrictions it's even harder not to have kids 
and more importantly, very disrespectful for women to not even allow them to make uh, their own decisions uh, on on deciding to uh, to use uh, uh, the contra contraceptive methods or not. Um, and so we started the um, the uh, the campaign. Uh, I spoke with other Yemeni women, and we really wanted to use um, words that represent Yemen, as like to show that this is a Yemeni thing, as well as show what we are looking for in these two words. So Ashti Haggi basically means I want my right, and Ashti is a wor Yemeni word, which, which means in Arabic, Urid. Um, mm. and so uh, we started posting about what has been, what, what was happening, and um, then a lot of people like starting uh, retweeting these these hashtags, and uh, the BBC talked about it. Other uh, news channels talked about it, and afterwards, um, and I'm, I'm very happy to to say that Houthis started denying it. They started um, talking about how uh, they will they, they were not doing it, although. Although, like the women I spoke with, they were in Yemen, and a lot of them, like, have have witnessed that. So they went, for example, to a restaurant, and they asked, like, they returned some of the women back to their jobs, oh. thankfully, and they were like, "Oh, did we fire you?" And like, they took a video or something, which 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 shows the the power of social media. Um, and sorry, and I'm, what's sorry to interrupt? What's the government stand in all of this? Well, in, in Sana'a, for example, they are controlling, they are the government there, basically. Yeah, but in other parts of the city, they're not the government. Yes, but they they don't have power over them in Sana'a. They're still fighting. There is there is war between them and the government right now. It's also very a very controversial topic because the government now is also, it, it's, a, it's a political it's a political thing, yeah, but also is. the government mm -hmm. is also, you know, controlling controlling on only certain parts of the country where they also still not very much, you know, succeeding in, in controlling them. And um, other parties are involved as well. So it's not it's not a normal situation, you know, where like, you know, a government can make a decision um, on, on these issues. Are things different in the parts where the government is taking control? In in terms when it of comes to women's rights. rights, yeah. Well, they are different, but not not a lot better. So there, there are still many issues, and we have always had issues when it comes to women's rights. Yemen is considered one of the worst countries when it comes to women's rights, um, and I wasn't surprised by by the report because of yeah, everything. It's the last happened. in the world's economics forms global gender gap. Yeah, it's it's what. Yeah, it's the last and. I like to say it's one of the worst, but like not, not, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's actually the last, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah that's, but that's been for you. 13 years. She's, get, she's getting crazy about the fact that nothing's changing, I think, that's it. Yeah. Like, but I look so shocked. Yeah, I know it's kind of surprising because we know like there are a lot of struggles going on in Yemen. And when we focus on like women's rights, it's even getting worse. Like the facts are shocking. Like the um, everything you told us about people, like women getting fired from restaurants and mixed spaces, this is kind of crazy. So can you please tell us more, like how do you feel about being a feminist and a Yemeni woman? Like um, what is your conception of feminism and what is uh, the role you think uh, you can do in this uh, in this situation to make it better like we saw your talks uh, already about the power of social media do you think that 
uh, more like um, specific change can come from the social medias and from uh, this kind of actions? Mm, this is a great question. Um, definitely, I think the more Yemeni women we have who defends women's rights, who defends um, who defend really like human rights, the the better because we want to see different perspectives of viewing let's say uh these these rights you know because you know feminism is is a very general uh is a very general word and it's uh, and and there are different type of feminist women and i am very happy to see more and more feminist women um talking about women's rights uh, so many women are speaking up which is amazing and i would love to see more uh and i think the situation is getting a lot better now in terms of not in terms of the situation on the ground, but rather in terms of women speaking up on social media, uh, especially those who are outside, so they have better opportunities uh, and they are uh, a lot safer, let's yeah. say. Um, so I think having that representation is very important. Being able to see uh, a, a Yemeni feminist who have similar ideas that's why i'm saying it's very important to have um you know different perspectives but still still having a feminist but with with different perspectives and different ideas and different ways of thinking of how we can apply feminism in in yemen because um we like a feminism cannot be applied exactly the same in all countries around the world it, it needs to be applied in uh, different countries and different cultures differently based on how the situation is, based on how the culture is, based on how um, traditions are, and um, based on timing as well. I think, I think the more we, uh, we collaborate as, as women and men who are really passionate about advocating for gender equality and advocating for women's rights, uh, the, the better idea we will get on how we can really have a better situation for women in Yemen. Yeah, it's kind of uh, resonating with me, like the uh, feminism you're talking about, like one which is actually flexible that can adapt to different cultures, different tradition, and that there is not like a global definition, but we can play with the different feminism and make them work together to um, make the situation better and fight like in a bigger group for gender equality so what you're saying it's very like um, interesting and true because we cannot come with one ideal feminism and say okay we have to do it like this we have to manage uh, this feminism and put it like through tradition and cultures and make it work with a kind of society which may work for one country but not another so this is super interesting to highlight. Earlier we were talking about women before and after the conflict and mm. I just wanted to know like if the conflict itself exacerbated women's vulnerability in Yemen or not. Of course definitely I, the situation got a lot worse in different ways um, one of which is uh, child marriage let's say so a lot of families because uh, they they were they were really uh, struggling with feeding their kids. They saw child marriage as their way out for for their daughters because uh, they would not have you know they would not have to uh, take care of them anymore if they if they marry them off early. Unfortunately, 
Um, so this is like one thing that we can talk about forever. And there, there's a lot of research that shows that child marriage has increased, I think, by, by 20% or so um, after, the, after the war started. Um, and other things um, include, for example, ab abuse. And this is all coming from the same root, from how women are viewed, because women are viewed as objects. So when a woman, for example, works, not not of course in all in all families, but this this has this is one of the conclusions that that was drawn in in one of the research that I, I that I read, um, because there are more women who work now. There is more abuse because uh, the conclusion was a, a lot of men see themselves as the the ones that are responsible for the family, and when they say they see their women working, they feel in a way as if they lost some sort of power and. So unfortunately, this leads a lot of men to, to abuse their women. In addition, because of the situation, because of how stressful it is, I assume a lot of, a lot of men would then put this into, into their wives or daughters or, or sisters. It, like, even though this is happening, like w women participation in labor is really low in, in Yemen. It's not that high. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. It, but it, it, uh, there are more women who are working now. And I think it's also very hard in general, I know there are, there's so much research about like women's situation in Yemen, but it's also very, very hard to have the exact and accurate numbers, especially now with the situation. So I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know that there are more women who started working now because they, they really need the money. And it's not now it's not about like, oh, I am a man. I need to take care of the family. It's still like that in some families, but there is less of that because there is really more need. So a lot of women now would start their own businesses or just you know try to to find a way where they can where they can work and I, I i guess it's really hard to to have the numbers for 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 all that during this time because i assume there is there is more important data to to be accumulated during this time and it's very hard to for for researchers uh, for for so many organizations also to to go to yemen so there aren't many um, organizations that operate now in Yemen, but yeah. Um, but yeah, that's 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 another aspect. A third aspect that I that I would like to mention is education. Uh, education is is a key for you know women's empowerment, of course, and this is something that I'm very passionate about. And because of the situation, a lot of families when they then decide to marry off their daughters or not even educate their kids because they're spending money, then this worsen the situation and also less women or less girls uh, get this, their education. So there is, I, I see there is a strong relationship between a conflict in a country and women's rights. So like child marriage is affecting a lot of things in the Yemeni society. Like it's also plays an important role on dropout rates because like girls when they get married off they stop going to school True. or families don't have access to uh, education since like they have to pay a lot of money and all yeah and yeah. the child marriage there's no law that puts or sets a minimum age for marriage no unfortunately no wow that's crazy that's why education as you were saying was uh, is actually very important and we noticed like on your Instagram, the section speak up, uh, which we really, really loved and appreciate. And we wanted to know why is it so important to you to give this voice back to women and how uh, do you manage to do it like in a daily, daily basis? Like, how do you think we can give more space uh, to Yemeni women in the society? 
Mm. Thank you for bringing this up. I think it's really important to remind ourselves and other women how important it is to express our opinions because uh, because unfortunately in our societies we are always told since we are very young in many fam families that your voice is not important you shouldn't take yeah. that much space so unfortunately a lot of women now and a lot of girls don't feel that their voice is important don't feel that they need to speak they don't have the confidence to speak and so that is re that is very important to always emphasize to always say your your voice is valid your opinion is important please speak up what's your problem that's the first thing the second thing is given that i left yemen about six years ago I can only talk about myself. I can only talk about my opinion. I don't want to speak for anyone. I want to ask other women who are still living in Yemen and other um, Middle Eastern and North African countries and ask them, what are your problems? And then based on that, we can try to help each other um, improve the situation. Um, and that's why, like, I think understanding the problem is key. And yeah. so the problem is not just what I see and what my team see. Rather, the problem is what all women, or at least women who decide to speak up, see. And then based on that, we can work together on the, situ uh, on the situation or in the solution. Um, and so just to answer your question, the other part of your question, which yeah. was about how we can encourage more women to speak, I think on a daily basis, this is such a great question. I think on a daily basis, um, whenever um, you speak with someone and you feel like, uh, or with a woman and you feel like um, she's a bit shy or she she's not taking her space just remind her and remind yourself and not I, I think it's also important to not look as the person who just like giving the advice rather like talk with her about how important it is for both of you to do to do that and how um the society is is not helping us um, remember that. And so we should remind each other. Yeah, so we have to help each other and empower each other, as you were saying. And uh, also, it's kind of crazy because uh, indeed, we are always thought like, oh, you have to stay quiet. You have to be shy. You, ha you don't have to act this way or that way. And when we see like other women uh, just take uh, like a spot and talk for themselves, we also want to do so. You know, when you see someone speaking, it's like starting a kind of small movement and you're like, oh, she said this, I can also do that. And that, and I think like social media are actually helping this in a good way. Like when you see other people speaking, you're like, oh, me too, I can do this, you know? So it just starts like this and growing. So um, I think you're really like right to uh, focus on this and giving this safe space, you know, to women create like a safe space when you're, you don't feel judged, actually, because mm -hmm. I think one thing that stops us is, oh, maybe if I say like that, this thing, I'm going to be judged or something. So I think it's super mm -hmm. important to feel this support coming from other people in the same situation, you know? Mm. Just one last thing to mention, especially because you said about judgment. Um, one of the things that we found when we started speak up, one of the feedback that we got was that some women want to express really what the problems that they have, but they're not feeling safe. So they don't want to even send us messages in our Instagram page or in Facebook and tell us what the problem is or what their opinion about is about a certain topic. And so we are now finalizing our website where women can go to the website and then 
write their the response to a certain question for speak up or just tell us what a problem that they may uh, want to share with us or anything that they want to talk about without having to you know insert their email or their names or anything really yeah they so can they just can answer anonymous yeah yeah exactly that's so cool actually that's uh, really thoughtful like indeed maybe sometimes you you don't feel secure to answer or to post your name or uh, your email address so i think it's very thoughtful from you and like uh, i think that more uh, organization or pages should do this like uh, anonymous way to answer like to encourage uh, women to answer and speak up yeah yeah because it's it's very important to um still be safe when you speak up i i always try to highlight that like when i try to encourage women to speak up to to defend their rights but they still need to be very smart about how they do it and where they are and how and how things and the situation is in 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 their in their place so that they they're still very safe while while they are expressing uh, their needs and, and their opinions actually like going back to gender stereotypes like personally i noted like when a family or like in general in the middle east and north africa there's a lot of gender stereotypes going on Like, do you believe that families play an important role in enforcing these roles or gender uh, stereotypes? And if it like plays a role in where Yemeni women are standing right now? Mm. Yeah, I I think I definitely believe that it plays a, a huge role because the family is the first thing that we see, right? Like, and the representation in the family and the way our families speak to us is the way we see the world at first. Right. We, then we go to school and see how other kids are acting and then we get some influence, of course. But of course, family play, I think, the biggest part, really. But unfortunately, in our societies, because um, we are a, a collectivist society, we because of that, I think, part, part of it. We very much care about, well, most of the people at least care about what others say, care about how uh, what others expect from them so social norms plays a huge role so even with some families where they um where they are not as conservative as others let's say they start to um i would say especially if they live in yemen they they try to fit in because they will not be accepted if they don't and they don't want for their daughters to not be accepted or for people to like speak about her or especially for women like anything like anything that a woman do in in a family can affect her getting married or not which is very important to many families right so uh, many families they see it as something that that would be difficult for their daughters if they are being too different or if they're not trying to fit in so they think this is what's best for them regardless of what they think uh, so this is for like the let's say the not very conservative families Uh, but then if they're outside the country, a lot of them, they, they, they become a lot better and they, they, they try not to not control their daughters as much. So with, with social norms, I think it's, it's very, very difficult to um, families, uh, uh, more specifically, to, um, to operate the way they want, let's say, because they control them so much. Yeah, so like not only the status quo is not working with women, like hand in hand with women, mm-hmm. also society is doing this mm. like yeah. i i noted that the penal code has nothing related to gender-based violence yeah like the government is not doing anything they're not working on like 
improving the panel code or including any um, thing related to gender-based violence? I, I haven't heard about anything in this regard. I don't think they're working on that at all. Unfortunately, um, women's rights and gender equality <laughs> has has never been on uh, on the top, like on the top, you know, list of the, agenda, the top right. No, it, it has never been a priority. Um, and um, a lot of the time, especially after the war started, they say, uh, oh, now we are in war. There are so many more important things. But then they don't realize that one of the biggest problems that we have now is women's rights. And I, I believe this is this is what I think. And I think there's there are so many arguments that can be made about what, I, what I'm going to say now, but I can I can provide so many reasons why. But I think a huge reason why we have war now is because women are not participating in the workplace. They're not participating mm. in politics because we don't have that diversity, because we don't have um, our voices heard, because we don't have that representation. Um, and so to solve the problem, I don't think we can solve the problem without, we can, we can end the war and solve the problem without improving um, our representation in the society, without improving our, um, our situation as women and improving gender equality in, in Yemen. Yeah, I, I would have like one, maybe like to finish or maybe Farah has another one after me, but I have one question. It's just like, what kind of advice would you give, I don't know, to young Yemeni women or any women like in a society that doesn't give her the, the power to speak up? What are your advice to try to make the change happen? I would say if they are in a situation where they can help others, especially if they are, you know, already getting their rights, please don't forget about other women who are still struggling and try to to help them not necessarily by telling them oh how to treat men or oh you're not getting your rights but try to help them become more empowered try to help them and encourage them to get their education if they're studying or to try to get a job or to um continue whatever they're doing in order to be able to work in order to be able to be independent so um, that's, that's what I'm going to say. And for other Yemeni women who are still trying to make it, who are still not getting their rights, I would really encourage them to try to get mentors if they could, they, to try to speak to other women who can help because we, we can't do anything alone. We need to, to help each other and continue working on themselves, not listen to what others are saying, just listen to your heart, especially when it comes to things like, oh, you can't do this because you're a woman. These things are not true. <laughs> we can do whatever you want. Yeah, that's so not <laughs> yeah. true indeed. Yeah. It's a social construct. Yeah. Exactly, they make us believe we can't do anything, uh, <laughs> whereas we can do everything. We are yes, girl, you can do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so yeah, and the most important thing that I try to encourage women to do is to become independent. That's so important. That's, all, yeah. that's, that's the first thing. That's the most important thing to become financially independent, and things, and then other things would come. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I just have one last question i have no idea if there's like i'm really interested in the situation in yemen and i, I don't know if there's a joint action done by the un the us i don't know who are working on the situation trying to improve it i mean there are always a lot of initiative that support uh women even in in for example the un 
try to, to work in certain projects where, for example, that would help improve education in Yemen and, and all of these things. So there are there are some there, there is some work that is happening. There are some um, um, initiatives, I would say, uh, but we need more. Definitely, we need more. Yeah, change has to come from the state itself. Like the government has to change internal, uh, I don't know, legislations or something so that they can drive the change from within. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, yes. In addition to people, we need to have more advocates for uh, for uh, for women's rights, for gender equality. The more people who are convinced with that, the more pressure the government will get. And the more organizations that will help uh, uh, add more pressure into the governments and the more work these organizations are going to see it to do because they will see that okay there is like a huge portion of the society that is already against that against what's happening it all yes. starts from education and yeah i think and it's understanding the your rights yes exactly well yeah. on this more positive note there's still hope for us we can do it uh, I'm just gonna let you like uh, just tell us where we can find you on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Please just tell us how to uh, make sure we can like follow you on your social media and follow your amazing work. Thank you. Um, so um, you can find me on Instagram on Hadil Al Ashwal. So it's H A D I L A L A S H W A L. And um, my name on um, uh, on Facebook is exactly the same. Uh, so uh, it's Hadil Al Ashwal. You can also find our initiative if you would like to follow us. We have so much uh, uh, coming very very soon, and a lot of trains that we're going to do That's very exciting. soon. Yes, we're very excited for that. Um, uh, so you can find us on Instagram and Facebook on Mina Age Initiative. That's M E N A A. G-E-I-N-I-T-I-A-T-I-V-E. -I -I -E. Thank you so thank much. You it was so a pleasure. It, thank you, Hadil. So it was a pleasure. It was yeah. a pleasure to speak with you, Farah and Zainab. Thank you so much. We hope we're going to see like all the new projects coming in so soon. And uh, we're going to support you as much as we can. And uh, maybe we will have you back here to talk to us about the new projects. It would be so cool. Thank you so much, Zainab and Farah. It was such a Thank pleasure you, to speak with you Thank both. You. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us. Hopefully you enjoyed today's podcast. See you next time. Ciao.